Well, welcome to another edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. It's good to have you along here today. We've got a special hour lined up just for you. Well, we line up every hour just for you, (laughs) every half hour too. But this uh, hour is going to be special because we're going to look at a, a problem that has a solution in the body of Christ. You know, it would, it's one thing. There's so much that happens in the uh, in the culture that is really geared toward finding problems and not offering solutions. You know, when you think about it, uh, there are people who want to keep you afraid because there are things that aren't right in the world. And you know, people, uh, this is left side does it, right side does it. I mean, I, I was really disappointed the further I got into the Christian media world. This is my 40th year in the business. And I've had the privilege of working both in uh, secular as well as Christian organizations. It's kind of been fun. Um, I've spent the bulk of my time, the lion's share in Christian media. I started in 1983 in July. And by uh, July of 1985, I had the privilege of working for a station here in Southern California called KYMS. And I was an overnight DJ and then nighttime DJ and then afternoon. And, you know, I got a chance to literally do every job of the building except chief engineer, which was very cool. And I was a pretty bad receptionist, too. But it's interesting to see how in the Christian media world, there are the same types of people that you find in the secular world with regard to the people who want to, um, people who are seekers of truth, people who are tellers of truth, and then people who are manipulators of truth. You know, uh, the seekers of truth are people who are looking for what is right. They're not really worried about who's right. They want to know what is right because the who part will take care of itself. You know, the what is consistent from age to age. God is the same. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so God's truth never changes. So whenever I, I, I kind of disheartened to a certain extent when I see uh, a pastor or a Christian celebrity, a musician, something like that saying, uh, you know, I, I've, I've reconsidered and I, I, I'm deconstructing my religion, my faith. And we had the author Becca Neal on with us, or Beth, Becca McNeil. Uh, last week, and she talked about the fact that she'd grown up in the church, learned all the speeches, checked off all the boxes, went to all the purity pledge classes, et cetera, et cetera, when she was growing up. And the church left her just kind of burned out. I mean, I'm talking about the American organized church. But then when she got married and had a child, all of a sudden she's like, wait, I want to raise my child in the biblical tradition. So what do I do? You know, because I have a hard time with the local church, but I love the Lord and I believe in biblical principles. And that's where I think a lot of young adults are today is they're looking for truth, but they've been told that there is a perfect person who gets nothing but five-star reviews online, who <laughs> is easily consumable through an app or other you know, web-based uh, device for their consumption, rather than saying, hey, wait a minute, this is, I, I had the privilege um, uh, earlier this week of having breakfast with a couple of colleagues who I work with on Dr. James Dobson's Family Talk. They're based in Colorado Springs, and they were in California to do some recording, and so we went out and had breakfast. We spent about 90 minutes together. Really wasn't that you know big a deal, but it was great to spend time with Brian McNulty, who's their uh, Senior Vice President of Broadcasting, and uh, Dominic Faust, who's one of the outstanding engineers of Dr. James Dobson's Family Talk. If you listen to the bottom line on a station that carries Family Talk, um, I'm part of that program too have been i've been now in my seventh year but in that 90 minute breakfast conversation we were just at their hotel 
We had the basic breakfast that they served there, you know, scrambled eggs and, you know, whatever else. And we talked about stuff. And Dom and I had worked together for a couple of years online, but we never actually, you know, sat down at a table and had fellowship. And so we got to know each other a little better. And it was really great to just have that dialogue back and forth. And it made me realize as we were having that conversation, how many people have that kind of swipe right comment on the meme type of relationship with God now instead of one that says, hey, do you want to go out and have a meal? Do you want to spend time together? Do you want to actually work in the same room together? I know a lot of people are getting back into that as far as uh, the work requirement, but a lot of folks are not. And a big reason, of course, is uh, it, it was the pandemic and the lockdowns for COVID-19. But another big reason, quite frankly, is just the technology allows us to do so. I don't mind you know, sharing with you. I've got a home studio. My wife works from home. I mean, we have that option. Uh, we go on site every now and again, but, uh, you know, we do have that option. I'll do more programs this year for the bottom line for my home studio than I will from the station studio because we're syndicated into 30 markets and one station is really great to be at, but I could still interact with you, you know, through call-ins and whatever, uh, the same way we always did. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of the way the world is. But one of the topics of conversation that we had with my friends at Family Talk was the local church. And what happened to the local church as a result of the pandemic? The number of people who were going to church, what happened during the lockdown, and did the lockdown give people kind of license to say, I'm not going back to church? Because having worked in pastoral ministry for half my life, whether in lay ministry or as a youth leader or Bible study instructor or you know, ultimately being ordained in 2015, I know that a lot of conversations at church when it comes to faith about, you know, people growing in their faith and the church evangelizing, et cetera, et cetera, usually centers on how do we get them to church? What event can we do? What kind of uh, gizmos can we throw their way to get them to consider this? And so I thought this new report uh, conducted by the Survey on American Life, which is part of the American Enterprise Institute, was interesting. First of all, because the American Enterprise Institute, Arthur Brooks, uh, has been a guest on the bottom line show and i appreciate arthur i don't know where he is faith wise but i know that he's definitely a man of libertarian religious principles in terms of allowing people to benefit from the christian faith and i i'm not surprised that aei actually did this survey on american life and they pulled out the religious part they titled the study faith after the pandemic how covid19 changed american religion we're going to put a link up for this up at the bottom line show.com because it really does flow effectively into the topic of conversation this hour, which is what is it about scripture are we not paying attention to in the church? Why is it that the church has, you know, biblical illiteracy has grown? Well, you could point your finger to a lot of different things. Some people would say, oh, it's because you went for the easy believism and cheap grace, right? You, you, just, you don't really com- uh, put a compelling gospel message in front of people and they're not going to respond in a way that, you know, they kind of become the seed that Jesus said, you know, experiences great joy, you know, it, it, it grows immediately in the, uh, in the soil, but then it can't really take root and it, it withers away. And I've suspected, I've wondered how many people were kind of heading in that direction, uh, even before the pandemic. I mean, go back to the 2016 election. How many Christians said, yay, Donald Trump will protect faith and value, but other people said, Donald Trump, what's wrong with Christians? Man, that man's a horrible person as if every other member of Congress was a paragon of virtue, right? I mean, JFK, Bill Clinton, (laughs) Richard Nixon, I mean, they've all had problems with 
levels of integrity. But what did the pandemic do to faith in America as it pertains to our Christian faith? Now, in the summer of 2020, AEI did a survey and they asked people who were still attending in-person worship services and only 13% of Americans said that they had. Now, arguably, there were a lot of states that were still pushing lockdown mode. If people were going to big churches, a lot of big churches didn't open, open as quickly as smaller churches did. So it was not unusual for somebody in July of 2020 to say, I'm part of the 13% of Americans that actually attend in-person worship services. By the spring of, spring of 2022, however, that number had increased by more than double. It was 27%. But what was interesting about that was most states no longer had lockdowns and they weren't banning people from coming. But that was still lower than before the pandemic. And here's the number that really stood out to me. Before the pandemic, the percentage of Americans who said they never attend religious services was 25%. And again, these are all different religious expressions, not just Christianity. But 25% prior to the pandemic, in the spring of 2022, the number of Americans who reported that they never attend religious services had skyrocketed to 33%. Now, to be fair, I know a lot of our bottom line listener audience base is over the age of 50. The largest declines in attendance were people who were under the age of 50. People who had educational levels at college, graduate or less. Uh, People who were in mainline Protestant groups if they were white. uh, Black Protestants, Hispanic Catholics, that was where the bulk of the decline in attendance actually went. But interestingly enough, though, that if the largest decline in attendance was adults under the age of 50, the largest increase in attendance were in the category of adults aged 30 to 49. Adults who did not have a college degree, they might have high school diploma or less on the educational side, and people in the African-American Protestant church. Now, last August, the State of the Bible USA report from American Bible Society found that 40% of Generation Z adults, ages 18 and older, attend church primarily online. Uh, That's second to churchgoers uh, over the age of 77 who are primarily homebound. 36% of people in that demographic. But you have to ask the question, if we see an issue with biblical literacy, Does it have anything to do with the fact, maybe not so much that the pastors aren't preaching it from the pulpit, but rather people aren't there to actually experience the teaching? It's an interesting study. We'll put it up at thebottomlineshow.com. And then we're going to take a break. And as we continue, I brought in an expert to help us understand what is going on here. Why do we have such a difficult time understanding biblical prophecy? What kind of prophecies are being fulfilled? And one key area where it's possible that the mainline denominational church in America is losing people, people who aren't coming to worship anymore, they aren't coming to Bible study, they don't feel a need or a compulsion to be a part of this type of group anymore, hence they're not getting the instruction that they need. Rabbi Kurt Schneider 
is the Bible teacher on Discovering the Jewish Jesus. It's an incredible program, great Bible teaching. They do radio, which they do on all of our Bottom Line Show affiliates. They also do television as well. And Rabbi Schneider has a brand new book out called Messianic Prophecy Revealed, Seeing Messiah in the Pages of the Hebrew Bible. This is a fascinating discussion. If you are part of a church that maybe adheres to a Catholic or a Lutheran calendar, for the year and doesn't include all the feasts and the celebrations and things like that that you see in the Jewish tradition, you definitely want to hear what Rabbi Schneider and I are going to get into because one of the questions we're going to ask him, why aren't more Christian churches practicing more Jewish festivals? We'll get into that with Rabbi Schneider in just a moment as the bottom line continues. Well, a very special guest joining me today here on The Bottom Line. It's always wonderful to get some time with Rabbi Kurt Schneider. Uh, You hear him every weekday. If you're a KCBC listener, of course, you hear him right after The Bottom Line show. Uh, We're on 3.30 to 4, and Rabbi comes on from 4 to 4.30. Discovering the Jewish Jesus is the name of the program, both television and now on radio. And Rabbi has a new book to talk about. There's so many things to, to get to, but first, let me welcome back our brother, Rabbi Kurt Schneider. Welcome back to The Bottom Line show today. God bless you, my friend, and thank you for having me on today, Roger. What a privilege. Here we are at the start of a brand new year, and I hear an encouragement. I always hear an enthusiasm in your voice, Rabbi Schneider, but talk about what what makes you, uh, in in light of the fact that a lot of people are saying it's gloom and doom, it's such a terrible time, especially for people of the Christian faith, you're very encouraged. What what gives you hope? Well, it's it's truly as the Spirit of the Lord that uh, that is my encouragement and is my strength and is my passion. I would say I know that God's alive. Some of our listeners may know that the Lord supernaturally revealed himself to me back in 1978, and that's how I, as a Jewish person, came to faith and have been able to uh, withstand extreme rejection and even hostility at times from my Jewish brethren, because as you know, uh, it's an anathema in, in, in my culture of Judaism right. to receive Jesus. You know, you can be an atheist and you'll still be considered a full Jew, but as soon as you're a Jew that receives Jesus, you're out. Um, But I would also say that we are in a battle, and I feel the battle, absolutely, 100%. I feel the battle. I feel the powers of darkness pressing in. Uh, But, you know, whenever I talk about the Lord, I just get energized. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that encouragement because of the fact that you're acknowledging the struggle that we're in, which is something that more and more Christians, I think, have had to realize, especially over the past two, three years. But then also, too, I mean, there's some uh, oppression, there's some prejudice, obviously, against us, but uh, it's not to the point of, you know, we're shedding blood just yet. But nonetheless, we, we do realize it's, it's, there are some challenging times. One of the things that intrigues a lot of people in the Christian faith, especially for someone like me who grew up going to uh, denominational churches, kind of more of the evangelical bent, is meeting someone with your testimony, Rabbi Schneider, who grew up Jewish and came to faith in Christ and now continue on preaching as a sent one. Um, the, the idea that you're still holding to the Jewish tradition, but preaching Jesus Christ crucified as the Messiah. You have a brand new book out called Messianic Prophecy Revealed, which we have up at thebottomlineshow.com. And I love the subhead of the title, uh, Seeing Messiah in the Pages of the Hebrew Bible. Talk about why that's so important now more than ever before. Well, if you think about the introduction of the New Testament, Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, the first verse is, this is the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So the Lord saw fit to begin the New Testament by rooting Yeshua back to the pages of the Hebrew Scripture, even in that first verse, going back to the Torah, the book of Genesis. Mm -hmm. It's important for us to understand that our faith is rooted 
in the pages of the Hebrew Scriptures, because it grounds us. And a lot of Christians today, they, they identify themselves as Christians, but they're really not fully convinced that Jesus is the only way to heaven. Mm. But when you understand how Yeshua fulfills not only the Hebrew prophecies, but the Hebrew concepts, the types and shadows in the Hebrew Bible, and how we see blood being the only effective means to cover man's sin in the Hebrew Bible, it really helps God's people to understand that, 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 that you know, just because somebody's a good person, they don't go to heaven, and that it's important for me to lift up Jesus as the only name under heaven by which men can be saved. So rooting ourselves in the Hebrew Scripture strengthens us as believers, both personally in our faith in God, and also empowers us to be bolder witnesses. Rabbi Kurt Schneider is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. You hear Rabbi Schneider every weekday on Discovering the Jewish Jesus, which is heard 7.30 a.m. on KBRT in Southern California, 4 p.m. on KCBC, on uh, our Central and Northern California affiliate, and all throughout the Crawford Broadcasting Network chain. His brand new book is called Messianic Prophecy Revealed. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Whenever we hear terms like prophecy, Rabbi Schneider, we we have a tendency, you've got Messianic Prophecy Revealed in the title of your new book. Many people think, okay, it's some kind of mystery. It's going to be revealed to somebody else, and once they tell me, it's going to be okay. (laughs) Help us understand why it's important for us to be looking at the prophecies that have come our way, that have been revealed, and things that we can be really rejoicing in and and walking in, as opposed to kind of looking at prophecy, like a lot of us in in the church today, especially the American church. Prophecy is something that happened a long time ago, or there are certain people that have prophetic words or visions, and that's for them, and we'll just kind of keep clinging to our faith in Christ. Yeah. I think the, 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 the lane that this book uh, is swimming in is really strengthening people, Roger, in God's Word. First of all, there's a lot of uh, pastors that have made uh, statements from the pulpit, and they said, you know, Jesus fulfilled over 300 messianic prophecies from the Hebrew right. Bible, and the chance of that happening, that one person would fulfill 300 prophecies, is scientifically impossible, which shows us that Jesus is the Messiah because no one could have done it unless mm-hmm. it was God himself. But the, the challenge with that is is that many pastors uh, uh, don't understand that a lot of the prophecies in the Hebrew Bible that the New Testament writers use, saying that Jesus fulfilled it, they're not predictive prophecies. So it's not as if Jesus fulfilled some, you know, 300 predictive prophecies. Like, for example, one, an example of a predictive prophecy would be in the book of Micah, chapter 5, where we read that the Messiah, one's going to be born in Bethlehem, whose days are from eternity, and he's going to be ruler over God's people. That's a predictive prophecy. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Right. His days are from eternity. He, he is the great I Am. So that happened. Wow, Micah predicted it all those years before, and it really happened. Yeshua was born in Bethlehem, and he is, he's God in the flesh, and that was fulfilled. But a lot of the ways that the New Testament writers use the Hebrew Bible saying that Jesus fulfilled it, it's not predictive. For example, in Matthew chapter one, uh, 2, rather, Matthew speaks about the angel coming to Joseph when Joseph was in Egypt. Joseph was in Egypt because Herod had made an edict to kill the Hebrew male children because he heard the Messiah was born. So for fear of the Messiah growing up and overtaking him, he tried to kill all the Hebrew babies. So an angel came to Joseph, told Joseph, take the child into Egypt, 
Then when Herod died, Jesus was between two to four years old, the angel came back to Joseph and said, take the child back now into Israel. And then Matthew tells the story, and then he follows the story up by saying that the scripture might be fulfilled out of Egypt, did I call my son? Well, there's only one place, Roger, in the Hebrew Bible where that scripture is used, out of Egypt, did I call my son? It's in the book of Hosea, chapter 11, verse 1. And when you go to Hosea, chapter 11, verse 1, you're not thinking as you read it in the original historical context in Hosea that you're looking for something in the future to be fulfilled. All that's going on there is Hosea's recounting Israel's history that God had delivered them out of Egypt. So you wouldn't read that scripture thinking it's a prophecy. You wouldn't think that there's something in the future that you're waiting to be fulfilled. It's just the Lord speaking to Hosea about he called Israel out of Egypt all those years before Hosea lived. So how does Matthew now say that Jesus fulfilled the scripture? Well, he didn't fulfill it predictively, but he fulfilled it because as Israel's divine representative, he repeated Israel's history in his own life by being in Egypt and then being called out of Egypt. So Jesus fills the scriptures up with meaning. So you have to understand that sometimes messianic prophecy is more an art than a science and Mm -hmm. more poetry than math. And that's why I think it's important that people have a deeper understanding, uh, because sometimes things that are being communicated to them uh, from the pulp, but might not be fully accurate. And I appreciate, Rabbi Schneider, you re- using that reference that it's more poetry than map sometimes, because my concern is for as many Bible-believing Christians as we have that are pounding the pages of Scripture, they're in Bible studies every week, they're re- we're really getting down and dirty when it comes to New Testament and with a smattering of Old Testament as well, the idea that we might be missing something because we're so locked into chapter and verse, and this is what, you know, the uh, exegesis expository teaching, that we might be missing, as you mentioned, kind of the greater story with regard to how this is all being uh, revealed to us and, and done in a very creative way, because we do serve a very creative God. Well, you're so right, and that is the Jewish way. And even the rabbis and the sages back in Yeshua's day, there was this context by which they interpreted Scripture that it wasn't always so black and white. There's many mm-hmm. shades of meaning and many colors. And even today in a yeshiva, Jewish Institute of Learning, the way that the Jewish students learn is they'll sit across from the table, across from each other, and they'll look at a Scripture or they'll look at the Talmud and they'll talk back and forth, trying to understand it, giving as many possible interpretations and shades of meaning as possible. Now, that's not to say we can take a scripture and give it any meaning we want, but only to illustrate that the rabbinic method is a lot fuller and has many levels of texture that we sometimes don't have in the Western mindset. Rabbi Kurt Schneider is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. He's the Bible teacher on Discovering the Jewish Jesus, which is heard all up and down the Bottom Line Show Network, 7.30 a.m. Monday through Friday on Cambridge in Southern California, 9 a.m. on KLTT in Colorado, uh, 4, 4 p.m. right after our 3.30 p.m. release of The Bottom Line in the Bay Area, KCBC, and we'll have a link for DiscoveringTheJewishJesus.com up at TheBottomLineShow.com. Rabbi's brand-new book is called Messianic Prophecy Revealed, Seeing Messiah in the Pages of the Hebrew Bible. Keep it right here. More of this conversation in just a moment as the bottom line continues. 
hey, if you're in the baby boom generation or in Generation X, even if you're in the greatest generation, and you're wondering why your pension isn't holding up, you're wondering why your 401k or IRA is about to fall apart, I want to invite you to a special free event that will answer all those questions and help you redirect your financial footing. Are you interested? Dennis Wilson at Wilson Financial Services is hosting a free screening of the outstanding new documentary called The Baby Boomer Dilemma. It's an expose of the pension and retirement fund system and basically helps you to avoid the pitfalls that many Americans make when they're investing their money into long-term savings for their retirement. The tickets are free. The screening is coming up on January 21st at 1130 a.m. at the Gem Theater right here in Garden Grove. But here's the catch. You have to call Wilson Financial to reserve your tickets while they're still available. There are at least 50 seats left for this 100-seat intimate screening, and I want you to have them. Call Dennis right now at 800-696-9970, or drop us a line here at the Bottom Line Show and K-Bright Radio, 800-227-5278. Make your plans to be with us on January 21st, Saturday, 11.30 a.m. at the Gem Theater in Garden Grove to watch Dennis Wilson and the presentation of the Baby Boomer Dilemma. It's going to save your retirement for sure. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. It's so glad, glad, I want to say great to have you along and glad you tuned in all at the same time. And that made for some rather interesting words. Uh, Rabbi Kurt Schneider is my guest today here on the program. He's the Bible teacher on Discovering the Jewish Jesus, and he is the author of a brand new book called Messianic Prophecy Revealed, Seeing Messiah in the Pages of the Hebrew Bible, which is basically saying for evangelical Christians like us, maybe we should be paying more attention to the Old Testament not just for these crazy way out prophecies, but to see Jesus foretold and prophesied in David's ministry and others as well. This is a great book, and I know you're going to love it. You're really going to love it when you find out that we have five copies of the book to give away. So your chance of winning one of these books, if you call between now and the top of the hour, your chances are excellent. Uh, 800-227-5278, is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Again, the brand new book by Rabbi Kurt Schneider, who's the Bible teacher on discovering the Jewish Jesus. The book is called Messianic Prophecy Revealed, Seeing Messiah in the Pages of the Hebrew Bible. We have five copies that we're giving away right now at 800-227-5278, is the number to get you through to the bottom line. It's amazing how many... New Testament Christians who say we are the New Testament church will steer clear of the Old Testament. They won't pay attention to the festivals. They won't pay attention to the prophecies about Messiah. They'll basically just say, well, Jesus said I've not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. So whatever he did is fine with me and I don't need to read about it. But in this new book, Rabbi Schneider will take you through the Word of God and showing how the New Testament writers literally took passages out of the Old Testament to prove that Jesus is indeed the Messiah. This is a book that uh, more than just Jewish people need for us in the Christian church, the Gentile strain, if you will. This is something we need to be paying closer attention to as well. We've got more of my conversation with Rabbi Schneider on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues in just a moment, so keep it right here. 
One of the greatest gifts that we can give to an expectant mother is the gift of the first picture she'll ever have of her son or daughter in the womb. That comes through an ultrasound, and our friends at Preborn have an opportunity for us to make more of these ultrasounds a reality. Every time you give a donation of $28 to Preborn, that means one more ultrasound can take place. But how about giving enough money for an ultrasound machine? The cost is $15,000. It's a sizable investment. But every ultrasound machine can do 250 ultrasounds per year and lasts at least 10 years. Now take that cost $15,000 and divide that by 2,500. Okay, now you begin to see how the cost per ultrasound goes down even more once we have more ultrasound machines to donate into preborn clinics. Make a donation right now to preborn. It's completely tax deductible, and every penny, every dollar you donate right now is going to the purchase of an ultrasound machine. 833-850-BABY is the number to call. 833-850-2229. Or go to kbrightradio.com. That's K-B-R-I-T-E radio.com. Click on the banner for Preborn and make your best donation right now. $25, $50, $100, it all counts towards saving babies' lives. KBrightRadio.com. Hit the Preborn banner right now. Rabbi Kurt Schneider is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. You hear Rabbi Schneider is the Bible teacher on the radio program Discovering the Jewish Jesus. We've got a link for their website up at thebottomlineshow.com. Of course, Rabbi's been uh, doing a television ministry for quite some time, and he writes, too, a man of many talents and platforms. The brand-new book is called Messianic Prophecy Revealed, Seeing Messiah in the Pages of the Hebrew Bible. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. And Rabbi, during the break, we were talking about uh, something that that, uh, kind of triggered a memory for me. Uh, dear friends of mine, uh, Chris and Laura Harris-Smith, pastor a church in, just outside of Nashville, and it's an evangelical Christian church that takes all of the Jewish holidays, all of the feasts, and they celebrate all of them. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that fact, and yet I, I realized, well, coming out of a Lutheran tradition where we have a Lutheran church calendar, I wonder why more evangelical churches don't do that, don't uh, engage in the feast. Uh, you, usually it's because they'll say, well, we don't have a Messianic pastor on staff, but Rabbi, why, right. why, what are we missing as evangelicals by not doing that type of thing to, to celebrate the kind well, of more Jewish part of our faith? Yeah, great question. Well, the, the early church, Yeshua's first followers were all Jewish. We know that. The, the main right. church in, in Jerusalem that was overseeing all the early churches was a church that was led by Yeshua's brother, James. So the, the church started out as a very Jewish organism. But what happened was that those Jewish believers were eventually excommunicated from the larger Jewish community. The scripture tells us that the Pharisees made an edict that any Jew that believed in Yeshua, Jesus, should be put out of the synagogue. So the Jewish believers began to be forced out of having a relationship with their own people, they began to be assimilated somewhat in uh, in, in a non-Jewish culture. And then Paul, as he continued to travel and spread the word, we know that many Jewish people were not receiving the messages, but Gentiles were. And so Paul's going from city to city. He's preaching the gospel. People are coming to faith. They're Gentiles. Paul appoints elders in the cities, and then he moves on to the next city. So you have all these new churches that are springing up that really have had no training in Torah, no education mm-hmm. in, the, in, in the Hebrew roots of, uh, of their faith. And so the churches began to look a lot more Gentile than Jewish. You take that along with just anti-Semitism towards Jewish people that had been predominant in the church for many years. We know that, uh, um, you know, uh, for example, Constantine was uh, uh, forcing Jewish people to give up their religion and the the, the Crusades, etc. So the, the the churches just had kind of an un-Jewish 
anti-Jewish mindset for almost 2,000 years, but that's really turning around right now. You know, over the last 40 years, there's been a huge shift that, that, that believers are getting it. You know, Jesus said in John 4, we know what we worship for salvation of the Jews. And Jesus also said that those that would be greatest in the kingdom of God would teach from the law and the prophets. He said, don't think I've come to abolish the law and the prophets. I've not come to abolish, but to fulfill. And those that teach right. the concepts will be called greatest in the kingdom of God. So there's a real, I don't want to use the word revival, but a, a resurgence um, and a new thing that God's doing. I love that. I, I love to see it happening. And it, it's it's so beneficial for those of us, especially a lot of Christians who will spend a good portion of time asking questions like, well, what about Israel? What about the Jewish community? You know, I, we know that the you know, American government is supposed to support Israel and, you know, Scripture talks about that. But then it kind of, it seems like that's where it stalls for a lot of Christians. And in your book, Messianic Prophecy Revealed, you address the kind of Hebrew Bible part uh, component of this. Take, take a couple moments, if you would, Rabbi, and help us understand the importance of Israel. We know this is alike to the Gentiles, but, you know, for those of us who are trying to understand all of our faith and understanding that we're kind of coming at it second, in second place compared to uh, the ones for whom it was originally intended, uh, what? What is it about Israel that we should be looking at right now and understanding in our Christian faith? Well, I'm going to first of all, Roger, address Israel from the standpoint of not necessarily the geographical land. We'll get to that. But I want to first of all speak about the name Israel as the people of Israel. Okay. So, for example, if you look in the book of Romans, chapter 9 through 11, this is amazing. All of Romans, all of chapter 9, all of chapter 10, and all of chapter 11 is about God's plan for Israel. Three full chapters in the book of Romans is about Israel. Paul said, my heart is grieved in the Holy Spirit. He said, I wish that I myself were separated from God for the sake of my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh, who are Israelites. So he's got this huge burden for Israel, and he says, my conscience bears me witness in the Holy Spirit. So it's the Holy Spirit's burden too. So God still has a call upon Israel but it's a mystery because the Scripture tells us there that a partial hardening has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come to faith. And then the Scripture says, and then all Israel will be saved, and the Deliverer will come forth from Zion. So if we want to see Jesus come back, I'm speaking to the Gentile church now, we need to be praying and partnering with the heart of the Holy Spirit for the salvation of the Jewish people. Because Jesus said to the Jewish people, you will not see me again until you're saying, Baruch haba b'ashem Adonai, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Paul said that when Israel comes to faith, it'll be like life from the dead for the entire church. So mm. Israel still has a very primary call in terms of redemption and the return of the Lord, and more so right now for those uh, that are listening that, you know, that they love the Lord, but they feel kind of stalled in their life, in their Bible study. They kind of like they've read something a hundred times, and, you know, they're kind of looking for something fresh and something more. I found that when Gentile believers discover the Jewish roots of their faith, it's almost like they get as excited as they were when they were born again, almost. I mean, mm. obviously there's no comparison, but it's like their faith is reignited. The challenge is you, they, 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 to find a teacher— that, that will, will keep it balanced, because sometimes what happens is Gentiles discover the Jewish root of their Christian faith. They get so enamored, Roger, by Judaism, mm -hmm. they take their eyes off Jesus. Mm. So, to, so, so find a teacher that can help you to see the concepts in the Hebrew Bible that'll help you in your walk with Yeshua today and help you to be sensitive to the voice of the Spirit. 
Rabbi Kurt Schneider is my guest today here on The Bottom Line, the Bible teacher on discovering the Jewish Jesus, which is heard on every Bottom Line show affiliate station all across the Western United States. The brand new book is called Messianic Prophecy Revealed, Seeing Messiah in the Pages of the Hebrew Bible. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com, and we'll be giving, trust me, we'll be giving away copies of this book as soon as our conversation is done. Rabbi Schneider, we've got a couple minutes left in our dialogue here today. Uh, we, we I'm not going to take us through the 21 fundamental messianic prophecies that you include in the book. That's toward the back of the book, and our, our listeners could read that. But I want you to talk, if you would, about something that you talked about a couple chapters before that, about God's nature and how many people are looking to, you know, what's happening in the world right now and the end times coming up, and the tendency is to think God's wrath, God's judgment. But you write about the gentle nature of God. Talk about what you mean by that. That is so awesome. You know, Moses, remember Moses said, show me your glory. And mm -hmm. the Lord said to Moses, you, you can't see my face, Moses, and live, but go there in the cleft of the rock and call upon my name, and I'll make all my goodness pass before you, and you'll see my back. And it's really interesting that when Moses asked to see the Lord's glory, God responds by saying, I'll make all my goodness pass before you. And mm -hmm. that's in the Hebrew Bible. A lot mm -hmm. of times people think, oh, in the Hebrew Bible, God showed his, you know, judgment against sin and, you right. know, his wrath. But the Lord revealed himself in the Hebrew Bible as the God of goodness. And part of that goodness is his gentleness. And um, I'm just in my life. I mean, I am who I am because of God's gentleness and long suffering and patience and goodness towards me. And to be able to have that security with him, all of us in our relationship We'll open up our heart to really invite him into our life in the deepest way. I love that. It's so it's so beautiful. I think of Romans two and God's kindness leads us to repentance. But uh, maybe I, I have to remember that the gentleness is part of kindness. I mean, leading us away from sin, repenting from it, providing a way for that. But He does so because He loves us, and it's not that you know wagging finger and. F pointing in the chest type of thing that we often think about with God. Rabbi Kurt Schneider, how can we pray for you, for your ministry, Discovering the Jewish Jesus, and for you and your family during this, uh, uh, as we approach uh, uh, the Lenten season and get ready to celebrate Easter? Thank you, brother. Thank you, Roger. Well, I'm 65 this week. Uh, really? So I asked that God's people would, yep, would continue to pray for my health, that I would just be strong, live to 95, preaching Easily. the gospel. Mm -hmm. Um and uh, just for open doors and breakthrough and for, uh, for us all to enter into a deeper experience of realizing the Lord's love and goodness in our life. Amen. Amen. And may God continue to, to honor and hear that prayer and bless you with uh, many, many more days to come. I'm looking, since we're talking Old Testament, I think 95 might be sitting your side a little too short, Rabbi Schneider. Maybe we can push into the hundreds as there are more octogenarians here in the United States. Who I, I would love to hear it, and I'd love to be around because I'm ten, about four years behind you here in that journey. So I hope we're both still here for as long as the Lord gives us breath. Rabbi Kurt Schneider for Discovering the Jewish Jesus. The brand new book is called Messianic Prophecy Revealed. We've got a link for the book up at the bottom line show.com. Rabbi Schneider, thank you for your time. God bless you, sir, from all of us here at The Bottom Line Show. I love you, brother. With God's love, thank you for having me on today, Roger. What a great conversation with Pastor, or excuse me, I want to say he's Pastor on the, uh, Discover the Discovering the Jewish Jesus program, Rabbi Kurt Schneider, and he's the uh, Bible teacher there and the author of the book, Messianic Prophecy Revealed, Seeing Messiah in the Pages of the Hebrew Bible. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com, and we have not one, not two, not three, not four, but five copies of this book to give away. So needless to say, Crystal is going to get 
a workout. 800-227-5278. is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Five copies of this book to give away, and I encourage you to uh, to drop us a line. Uh, like I said, it's amazing how many people will, if we have one book, a few people will call, and they'll say, that's fine. You know, I mean, we want everybody else to have a chance to win it. But when there are multiple copies, the phone lines go nuts because everyone's like, oh, there's five copies. I've got a really good chance at winning. Well, the reality is you do. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. My thanks again to Rabbi Kurt Schneider, the Bible teacher on Discovering the Jewish Jesus, 7.30 a.m., Monday through Friday on Bright in Southern California, KBRT. Uh, we've got him at uh, 4 p.m. at uh, KCBC, a.m. 770 in the Bay Area. KLTT, rock and rolling around uh, 9 a.m. And uh, it's a great radio program. It's a great television program as well. Discoveringthejewishjesus.com is the website. You can learn more about that. Rabbi's brand new book is called Messianic Prophecy Revealed. And if you are looking for a way to see Jesus in the pages of the Hebrew Bible, this is a book that has 21 fundamental messianic prophecies that every Christian should be able to explain and understand. We have five copies of this book to give away. I'd love to place one in your hands right now. 800-227-5278. is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Hey, um, before we go any further, I want to... Uh, share a message with you if you are a bottom line listener who wants to go to the movies this Saturday. Our dear friend Dennis Wilson of Wilson Financial Services is hosting a free showing of the movie called The Baby Boomer Dilemma. It's an expose of the retirement system. Basically, it's not going to tell you that everything you have is bad and everything you did financially is wrong. It's just going to show you how 401ks and IRAs work and how there are hidden taxes in there that you might not think about when you're signing up. You think about how much money you're saving in taxes when you set them up when you're younger and you're putting money into it. But then when you get to a certain age, instead of watching it continue to build and defer the taxes, the government makes you start taking money out. And uh, it's, it, it's very informative, this documentary. And there's a free screening this Saturday, 11.30 a.m. at the Gem Theater in Garden Grove. Dennis has 100 seats lined up. We have them all reserved for bottom line show listeners. Here's the deal. Call 800-696-9970 right now and get your name on the list. You won't actually get a hard ticket per se. Your name and information will be on the list. So when you get there, they'll just ask you to show ID and you can get in and watch the movie. 800-696-9970. 800-696-9970. 800-696-9970 if you would like to go see The Baby Boomer Dilemma, the outstanding movie. Uh, that Dennis Wilson is sponsoring this Saturday, January 21st, 11.30 a.m. at the Grove, or the, the Gem Theater in Garden Grove. 800-696-9970. That is the number to get you through to the offices at Wilson Financial. Talk to Emily, talk to Devaney, talk to Tess, talk to Veronica. They'll be happy to get your information. Tickets are available while supplies last. Now, <laughs> just to clarify... There are no actual tickets, per se, in terms of the hard printed ticket that's got all the information on it. If your name goes on the list, that's your ticket. If you called earlier, either here to the Bottom Line Studios or if you called Wilson Financial and got your name on the list, no one will be mailing you an actual ticket. You will just 
show up and prove that you are who you are when you get there. And you'll go ahead and uh, they'll let you in. And there's free popcorn, free soda. It's going to be a ton of fun. So I uh, can't think of a better way to spend a Saturday middle of the day than watching a movie that will improve your current financial situation if you're if you are retired but if you're getting close to retirement and this is a place where if you find yourself with adult children maybe in their 30s or 40s drag them along and say hey you've got to pay attention to this because when you get to retirement age you may be opening up a tax time bomb rather than thinking you've got a lot of money saved up for your retirement the baby boomer dilemma it's the movie that uh, dennis wilson of wilson financial is sponsoring a free screening of this Saturday, one performance only, Saturday, January 21st, 11.30 a.m., the Gem Theater in Garden Grove. Uh, call Wil Wilson Financial today at 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970. Or if you prefer, just go to, uh, we'll give Crystal a call at 800-227-5278 when you're calling in for Rabbi Schneider's book. Tell, him, tell her you want tickets as well. And um, they'll be happy to put you on the list, okay? Just from you to me, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, wrapping up this hour, we were talking earlier about biblical illiteracy and the number of Christians who stopped going to church after the pandemic. Literally 33% of Americans now say that they never attend religious services at all. It was 25% before the pandemic. 13% uh, of Christians reported attending church during the pandemic. That's up to 27%. So you can do the numbers. A third of Americans don't go to church at all. 27% um, of Christians go on a regular basis, which means 73% don't. And we wonder why, I mean, Rabbi Schneider wrote this book on the importance of messianic prophecy revealed simply because there are a lot of places where you see Messiah in the pages of the Hebrew Bible, and a lot of Christians don't know how to identify that. On the other side of this break, I want to take a look at yet another part of the Old Testament times that actually inform what's happening with our faith here in the 21st century. And it's yet another example of where um, an old structure you know, you, you wonder about, well, does the church really need a building? Does, isn't the church the people? Isn't, uh, you know, isn't Jesus the new Israel and everybody who's a part of him is part? I just want to tell you about a church that was discovered recently. It dates back to the 6th century, and it proves yet again the accuracy of biblical history, biblical authenticity, and why what Rabbi Schneider's talking about, about understanding the Old Testament through New Testament believer eyes is so crucial. We'll talk about that coming up next as the bottom line continues. Life insurance will never replace the person you love, but that money can help you get through life when it feels impossible. When your life insurance claim is denied while you're already dealing with so much, you need someone on your side. Stephanie Cover of Coverlaw used to work for the insurance companies. She challenges and understands the way insurance companies think. Hire Stephanie to file a life insurance appeal while everything is still fresh in your mind. Don't let the insurance company get away with greedy behavior while you're in mourning. Stephanie Culver will do everything in her power to get you the financial protection which was promised to you as a beneficiary of the policy. The money from the life insurance proceeds can supplement your income so you can support yourself throughout the process of bereavement. Save Stephanie's number or call her now at 877-214-4935. That's 877-214-4935. Or you can fill out a contact form at kbrightradio.com slash coverlaw. 
Stevanik over. She knows the other side. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. You have a few moments left to call in and try to win one of the five copies of the brand new book by Rabbi Kurt Schneider that we're giving away. The book is called Messianic Prophecy Revealed. It's uh, 21 different uh, Old Testament prophecies about Messiah that uh, are uncovered in this book. And the subtitle, Seeing Messiah in the Pages of the Hebrew Bible, tells you everything you need to know. 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. Uh, we wrap up this hour talking about the importance of understanding Old Testament history and Old Testament times. According to the Times of Israel, the Civil Administration's archaeology unit uh, in Israel has made a discovery um, that is uh, one that does, you know, <laughs> it does what we expect it to do, and that is here at a, what Eric Metaxas calls a paradigm-shifting moment, we're finding more and more confirmations of biblical history that kind of confound people of the uh, of the of different faiths. There's a large Byzantine church that has mosaic floors that date back to the sixth century, has been uncovered in the area of Jericho in the West Bank. Now Jericho, of course, you remember the story, Joshua Jericho, you remember the song. Um, according to the Times of Israel, the Civil Administration's Archaeology Unit, which oversees historical sites in Judea and Samaria, announced last week that the church was found in the historic town, Jericho, located in the West Bank. They're reporting that the church is about 250 square meters in length, and it would have made the building one of the largest Christian places of worship at the time. The church was still being used during the early Muslim period, and its mosaic floors, quote, showed no indication of damage from destructive iconoclasm, even though Islam bans the display of icons and images in public places. Now, get this. You know that the, uh, the, the story of Islam and Muhammad... Um, all came about around the 7th century, uh, 7th or 8th century. And the Crusades were fought by Catholics who were fighting off the uh, influx of uh, Muslim uh, influence in the area. So this lines up timing-wise with the early Muslim period. Interestingly enough, Islam bans the display of icons and images in public places. So you know this church was kind of a bit of a rabble-rouser, not that they built the church to upset the Muslim church, but rather uh, they did this to uphold the tenets of biblical Christianity. Now, the civil administration says that it's possible that this was something that was constructed somewhere else and brought in. As a matter of fact, uh, they say that most of the church was constructed with materials that were foreign to the area. Uh, not only that, the marble and the black butamen stone that were used all throughout the church would have been very difficult to transport, let alone to explain why they were there. Uh, the area where the church was located uh, was hit by a major earthquake sometime around 750 A.D., and it destroyed a lot of churches throughout the region. There's a good possibility that because of the earthquake and the region being devastated, that this church in particular in Jericho um, was abandoned. But the fact now that the church has been discovered somewhat intact and the ruins have been recovered... Um, is good news for everybody in the world, but especially for Christians, because the museum uh, that they're going to put them in, it's the Good Samaritan Museum, which is located near the West Bank, um, 
it's interesting because obviously when you look at the book of Joshua and you see that Joshua, the leader of the Israelites, leading his people to the promised land, you remember that stuff. They marched around the walls of Jericho and they did it for seven days carrying the Ark of Covenant. On the seventh day, they blew the horn and the walls fell down. But Jericho isn't just a kind of Christians only spot. Jericho has been an important religious site for Jews and Muslims throughout history as well and actually is considered to be one of the most important archaeological sites in the Middle East. So all I can say to that is, well, 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 look at God working again. <laughs> the idea that the remains that were found here would be in such a key area for Christians and Muslims and Jews, but the remains that do show up are from a Christian church. You know, as Rabbi Schneider and I were talking earlier today about his messianic prophecies, I'm intrigued with the prophecies, but I'm also fascinated with these discoveries, with the way archaeology is playing such a huge role in the salvation story. And the idea that so many people, obviously that archaeology doesn't save people, of course, only Jesus can. But think about this for just a moment. Remember the words of Thomas? Uh, Jesus re is resurrected from the grave. He appears to the, uh, to the eleven. Minus Thomas, I guess there were 10 of them there, plus some women and some of the other hangers-on. Thomas isn't there. He's, he's in hiding. He's in mourning. He can't believe Jesus is gone. When Jesus makes his second appearance or his first reappearance, Thomas is there. And Thomas says, uh, is it you, Lord, basically? And Jesus says, sure, go ahead and touch my wounds. And Thomas says, my Lord and my God, after he touches the wounds and touches the wounds, and Jesus says, will you believe because you see blessed is he who believes without seeing which is a foreshadowing shadowing of where we are but god knows i mean a, a wicked and adulterous nation calls out for a sign which scripture tells us but if there's something that already happened it was already buried and it's been preserved for a couple thousand years i think this is god's way of kind of leaving us a map if you will a guideline if you will and how many thousands of pieces of evidence do we have about the confirmation of biblical Christianity, especially as it pertains to the Old Testament? Which ties in nicely with what Rabbi Schneider writes about in his book called Messianic Prophecies Revealed, Seeing Messiah in the Pages of the Hebrew Bible. We have a link for that book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Just a few seconds left to call in and win one of the five copies of the book we're giving away at 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Jesus has come. He died and rose again, and he will return to judge the living and the dead. The question is, will you be in the Lamb's book of life? Will you be on the right hand with the sheep? Will you be on the left hand with the goats? The only person who can answer that question is you. But are you asking that question? That's the bottom line. For our KCBC audience, if you love my conversation with Rabbi Schneider, you're really going to enjoy hearing Discovering the Jewish Jesus, which awaits you next on the other side of this break. For those who remain on the network, we're talking Joe Biden, and we're talking about California weather and other things on the National Crawford Roundtable. That podcast coming up next as the bottom line continues. <laughs> 